0: You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, mini number 446. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here with me during this mini-sode. Today's episode is going to be a little bit random. I had every intention of planning something spectacular, and I got sick. I got sick (laughs) a couple of days before my birthday. It was such a bummer, and it was not COVID, thank goodness. I still haven't had it, knock on knock on wood, knocking on my desk here, but it was this really bad cold that went through our entire family, and I was down for the count, and then on Saturday the 16th, we picked up our new puppy. Her name is Astrid. She is a German shepherd, and I will do a formal introduction about her later, and I haven't gotten a whole lot of sleep is what I'm trying to say celebrating that I I got this new dog, we got this new dog, I should say. And also Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm having a hard time putting together a complete cohesive sentence thought mini sewed. That being said, I do have a few things for you. I I wanted to share with you a little bit of a behind the scenes, if you will, around the the work that I do uh, that is based on the methodology of Brene Brown's research. And as you know, I talked about it on a different episode, her new book called Atlas of the Heart. It's phenomenal. I really enjoyed the series that she did on her podcast with her sisters where they talked a lot about it. And then I brought to you a conversation about shit that matters with unqualified people with my best friend, Amy. And we talked a little bit about uh, just a a small part of it. And I can link that to the show notes. It was a very uh, open, uh, transparent, and vulnerable episode mostly on on my on my part and i just one of the things i love about brene and her her research team is that you know she's been doing this for a long time i started i started consuming her work in 2009 and i've also sort of watched the trajectory of how popular she's gotten and become kind of this mainstream I don't. I'm not gonna say guru. This mainstream um, researcher, wellness person, you know, very specific about the work that she does around human emotions and connection. And you know, it's easy for people to get caught up in that and sort of lose their way. The thing I love about Brené is that she always sticks to the science. Always, the science comes first. She has said before that it's she's like it's not about me it's about the research it's about the data and as someone who's trained and certified in her work we get we get emails from the team once in a while and we recently got one where they gave us a heads up and by us i mean facilitators of her work they gave us a heads up about changes that are being made to the the curriculum so I would just want to read you a little excerpt from this email that we received. I think it was around the 12th of April. Uh, she says, we will be adding additional resources. Okay, let me let me back up because you need some context. And I'll just start from the beginning. Uh, from the beginning. Uh, it says, in December, Brene shared the four shifts below from Atlas of the Heart research that will affect the Daring Way curricula. Since then, by the way, the Daring Way curricula is the methodology slash program slash curricula that that we as facilitators roll out. It's also the curriculum that I'm going to be teaching at the retreat in September. So she says, In December, Brene shared four shifts below from the Atlas of the Heart research that will affect the Daring Way curricula. Since then, our team has been reviewing every emotion and experience in Atlas of the Heart alongside all the Daring Way curricula to ensure that the curricula are empirically based. We will be adding additional resources, references, definitions, etc. into the Daring Way facilitator guides that will also be revising and we'll also be revising the workbooks. We're looking forward to sharing these updates with you over the next few months. Um, Okay, and then some more stuff that doesn't matter to y'all. Here are the four things that they're working on that they're looking at, that's going to affect the curricula. The first one is the data do not support the idea that we can accurately recognize emotion in others. Rather than walking in someone else's shoes, we need to be curious about their experiences in their shoes and believe them. If if you haven't watched I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called Atlas of the Heart, she has an HBO series out now. And she talks about that. I believe it's in the first episode. It's one of the the other two. And I think that this is especially important when we're talking to people, uh, we're talking with people, who have a marginalized experience that we do not have. And I think it's it, It's just, I, I have so much to say about it, but I won't because I can't. <laughs> I can't put together a really great, a great thought right now. But I also thought about it when I read the second one, which is there's growing evidence of a connection between humiliation and violence. Whew, we need to change how we're how we're talking about humiliation. This is going to be very interesting for me personally to see how they roll that out in the curriculum. And I'm not saying that this is you know what I've experienced is the same as what someone experiences who's in a um, a marginalized group. And the way the way I'm looking at it is, I think it's it's tricky when someone has been through something extraordinarily difficult. Um, an egregious thing that has happened to them, whether it's an act of violence perpetrated against them or they lost someone they love in an especially horrible way. It's impossible, uh, so for me, for instance, to say that I understand how someone feels because just because I've experienced grief or I've experienced you know, fear or whatever, whatever it is that how the person is describing it. So I, the reason that I love that work so much, and what I mean by that work, Atlas of the Heart, where we have better definitions and language around all of the well, not all of but most of the human emotions is so that we can better understand ourselves and each other. I mean, at the end of the day, Brene's work is about connection and in order to be able to connect with other people we have to be able to understand them and if we we can't understand ourselves if we can't understand our own experiences and be able to describe them accurately with with language then it becomes difficult challenging tricky to connect with other people and so that's that's just I'm kind of expanding on on those two things for those of you that are unfamiliar with it and the the third one is connection to others requires connection to self, and this requires us to be more embodied than most of us are. Dovetailing on exactly what I just said, it also is going to be interesting how much she expands around embodiment. Uh, if if you're familiar with Brene's work, she talks a lot about, and I can so relate, which I'm sure many of you can, uh, intellectualizing our feelings. We like to stay all up in our heads. <laughs> the embodiment piece for me, doesn't come naturally. It is something that I have, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, have gone a little bit kicking and screaming into, trying my damnedest not to go into that. And I have slowly, but surely. And I agree with that, what she's saying. I'll read it again. Connection to others requires connection to self. And this requires us to be more embodied than most of us are. Yikes. And yay. Yikes and yay. And the last one, she says, anger may not always be a secondary emotion. I was so glad to read this because, and this is especially true in the Rising Strong curriculum, which is a little bit different than the Daring Way. It's Well, it's similar. It is a completely different curriculum. But in that, in the workbook, she says that anger, I'd have to grab it, but I'm pretty sure that it says that Anger is always a secondary emotion. And I remember from the beginning reading that and going, is it though? I mean, are you sure? Because I feel like I can, yes, there are many times I've been angry and I can pinpoint other emotions that are underneath it, typically hurt or fear. But there are some times where I've been angry and I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I'm hurt and I don't think I'm afraid and I don't think I'm anything else except just fucking pissed off. And so I've always wondered about that and kind of doubted it, just like I doubt. There's another thing that she says. She hasn't said it in a really long time. I wonder if she took it back. A long time ago, she said that you cannot love other people unless you love yourself. And I was like, ooh, A, I disagree, and B, that's gonna piss a lot of people off. Those are, I think, the only two things that I've, I've been not sure of, and I am glad to see that now they're saying anger may not always be a secondary emotion. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes about it. Again, this email was just very short. They're like, here are the things we're looking at. Stay tuned. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good, and I love that teams like this can evolve and will evolve, and that's science. It's not that they're wrong. It's just like, oh, we learned more. We did more research. We got more data. And here are the findings. It it just is something that makes me really excited. All right, so that's that. The second thing I wanted to tell you is a kind of a bit of a, a um, recommendation. God, I couldn't even think of that word. Yikes. <laughs> recommendation. I know you all love podcasts. And if you haven't listened to the Maintenance Phase podcast yet, I highly recommend it. I don't know if I have ever listen to started listening to a podcast, you know, and you're kind of late, maybe you're a year or two in. Or maybe if you started listening to my podcast this year, you're eight years deep. (laughs) And it's a lot of episodes to go back on. Anyway, I don't know if I have i don't think I've ever listened to a podcast where I'm late, and I went back and listened to all of the previous episodes. Usually I'll just like pick through ones that sound interesting to me, or I just, you know, start listening and go forward. I went back and listened to every single episode. And I am going to sign up for their Patreon. I really, really like them. Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs. And I'll just read you the description. It is literally one sentence. (laughs) Debunking the junk science behind health fads, wellness scams, and nonsensical nutrition advice. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more than that, except that maybe you should go listen to it. I really like it. I started out Last year, I believe it was When they rolled out A part one and part two on Rachel Hollis And I really liked them So I kept listening They have some really funny episodes They, (laughs) I know I said that was all I was going to say about it But they talk about Olestra If anyone was old enough in the 90s To remember Olestra uh, You might remember what happened When you ate chips with Olestra in them And they talk about you know, diets like The Master Cleanse, uh, shows like The Biggest Loser, they talk about anti-fat bias, um, moon juice, snack well, cookies, Fenfen and Redux. Who remembers that? I had a friend that was on that. And also the President's Physical Fitness Test. That one was so interesting. That was their second episode. Do they still have that. My kids still do that. Do you remember that? The The one thing I remember about the President's Physical Fitness Test, for those of you that don't live in the United States, it is this thing in elementary school that they make students do. I'm assuming it's just in public schools. We have to do things like uh, sit ups in a certain amount of time, pull ups, or hang from the bar, run a mile. There's a flexibility test. It's just this ridiculous things that they do. And anyway, they, they go through the entire history of it. It's really interesting. So I must've been in fourth or fifth grade. We were a little bit like older elementary school. And do you remember those mats? I bet they still have them that kind of fold up. And they're for gymnastics and things like that. And then they stack. So all those were out and we were doing the sit-up test and it was where you got a partner and you had to hold your partner's feet and count their sit-ups and then you would switch off. And so I was holding my friend's feet and then next to us, you know, there was two people doing sit-ups and they they were also our friends. And the girl that was doing sit-ups, let's say her name was Jessica. That wasn't her name. But she's doing sit-ups, and you're supposed to do them really fast. And she farted like three times in a row. (laughs) And we started, I mean, we were like nine or ten. We started laughing so hard. (laughs) And everyone around us couldn't finish because of the fart fiasco during the president's physical fitness (laughs) test. Oh God, I'll never forget that. Anyway, that's um, that's not what I came here to tell you on this episode, but check out Maintenance Phase. You'll like it. I don't have any affiliation to them. It's just a, a show that I'm really enjoying that I think you might like. And the last thing that I wanna tell you is that I'm doing a giveaway. I'm really excited about this. So my friends Mark and Angel Chernoff every year do an event called Think Better, Live Better. And I am speaking at it this year. And uh, we're going to be giving away two tickets to my listeners. I'm really excited. So this is going to go to two different people. So it can't be like you and your friend. Two different listeners. And the event is in, before you you know, try to win, I want you to make sure that you can come. It's in Orlando, Florida, May 28th through the 29th of this year. It's going to be amazing. Two-day event, uh, speakers, and amazing people. The thing... The thing I love about these events, honestly, is the friendships that, that you end up making because you're, you're in a room with people just like you. Anyway, I'm not going to go on and on about that. I want you to go to thinklivebetter.com to make sure that it is something that you would want to go to, that you can do the dates and the place and all of that. This would be great if you lived in Orlando or near it. And go ahead and send an email to support at andreaowen.com and just put Think Better, Live Better event in the subject line and just drop us a few sentences on why you would wanna come. I mean, other than to be able to hang out with me, obviously. <laughs> I'm so humble, I know. Uh, but that is that is really all I wanna know. There's no application and it's going to be uh, first come, first served. So no application, just shoot an email to support at andreaowen.com with think better, live better event in the subject line. Shoot me a couple sentences on why you want to come. Obviously, make sure that, um, that it's something that you can come to. And your ticket is free. It's a $200 value. And all of the links, of course, are in the show notes. So I cannot wait to see which one of you quick, busy little bees gets on over there and that I get to hug in person in May. All right, thank you, everyone, for bearing with me in this little bit random, a little bit fun, a little bit informative mini sewed. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now.